You're listening to Red Nation Online. I think we've seen the the end of the Exodus. Uh, I mean, there may be a couple of fringe players that are released now, but I just think that uh, they're going to try to do the best that they can with what they have now, uh, if I'm reading the situation right. Welcome to Inside the MLS. News and interviews from and about key figures and happenings in Major League Soccer. Red Nation Online recently had the opportunity to speak with Peter Shad, the Vancouver Whitecaps' longtime play-by-play broadcaster on Team 1410 Radio and one of the co-hosts of Vancouver's first and only daily soccer show, Whitecaps FC Daily. Vancouver born and raised, Shad has been involved in soccer at all levels including player, referee, coach and director at various club levels in the Lower Mainland and Vancouver Island. And he's been described by Bobby Leonarduzzi as one of the best soccer play-by-play announcers in North America. In this interview, Peter and Red Nation discuss the Whitecaps' first season in the MLS, the mood around the club heading into the final weeks of the 2011 season, the state of the team heading into a crucial offseason, incoming head coach Martin Rennie, and the Whitecaps' upcoming first MLS match at BC Place. Peter, the Whitecaps will face off next against the league-leading Los Angeles Galaxy on Saturday, following a tough draw with a 10-man New York Red Bulls side. It's been a struggle for wins all season long for the Whitecaps, and I'm wondering how you think the current mood of the team is heading into the final few weeks of the season. I think very enthusiastic and very buoyed by what happened in New York because, uh, let's be honest, if you watched the game the first 45 minutes, uh, they would have stopped the fight. Um, the Whitecaps had all the possession. They had all the good quality chances. There were a couple spells where Thierry Henry was a bit of a handful. But beyond that, the combination play between Hasley, Cumiento, and Camilo uh, gave New York fits. Not convinced about their back line, to be honest. Not convinced about their goalkeeping either in New York. So they'll be very encouraged by that, and they'll be very disappointed that they didn't get that second goal. They were they were jobbed of a goal early in the game. There was absolutely no excuse for why the referee, uh, Terry Vaughn, called it off. Everybody's still wondering what the actual decision was. And so they were very unfortunate not to get that goal. Cumiento also had a breakaway. Um, So when they look at the overall body of work, they will have said they should have had their first MLS road win last week. And I think that that'll help them out uh, heading to the Galaxy this weekend. One player who won't be with Vancouver on Saturday is Wes Knight, who was recently released by the club. I'm wondering, do you think we'll see any more players leave before the end of the season? Or do you think all of the remaining players will get a fresh start under incoming, an incoming head coach um, Martin Rennie next season? I think we've seen the the end of the exodus. Uh, I mean, there may be a couple of fringe players that are released now, but I just think that uh, they're going to try to do the best that they can with what they have now, uh, if I'm reading the situation right. Then again, you know, I mean, who knows what happens behind closed doors. But my impression is that the... Uh, you know, the exodus is over, and now it's uh, more going to be a focus on bringing in players. And, and yeah, the uh, the head coach uh, for next year is going to have to have some say in, in what happens even for the remainder of this year. The remaining fixtures on the Whitecaps' schedule will see them playing against some of the top teams in the league in Los Angeles, Real Salt Lake, Seattle, and FC Dallas. Taking into account that the Whitecaps as an organization obviously don't want to finish last in the uh, standings, do you think those opponents will provide the ideal opportunity for the players on the Whitecaps to prove themselves and show they deserve a spot on next year's squad? Yeah, I do. And uh, it's also partially because of uh, when the games are coming and the fact that the Seattle game is the last game at Empire. And 
the one thing about this Whitecap team is that uh, when they play in front of big crowds, they've been decent, uh, with one exception perhaps, the home game against the LA Galaxy, which actually they played quite well in the, in the first hour um, and then basically allowed uh, a lot of goals in the late going. But, um, you know, the game at Dallas is going to be very, very difficult to win. They're lucky, actually, it comes in October in Dallas. Um, I mentioned the home game against Seattle. The last at Empire will certainly be, I think, uh, a wonderful opportunity, and the Whitecaps did not look out of place. In fact, one of the, the better halves after the New York first half of the season was their first half against Seattle, and in that one, too, I think you have to say they were a little unfortunate to only be leading by a goal at halftime. Um, the Galaxy game this weekend is going to be very interesting because the Galaxy have uh, two games in Champions League. They had the one this week where they lost, and they're going to have another one next week as well, so... You know, you wonder if Bruce Arena will put the strongest lineup out there. Um, and then they have a whole bunch of home games, too, against teams that are really pushing for the playoffs. You mentioned Real and Colorado's coming to town as well. D.C. United is in the thick of it. So it's going to be a really, really good test for these guys. They all are fighting for jobs. They have something to prove. I feel as though that there's been some encouraging signs over the last few weeks. Uh, the problem has been, and it's been this way all season, is putting 90 solid minutes together. And that's uh, what's going to have to happen for them down the stretch here. Obviously, Martin Rennie is watching the team very closely as he prepares to take over as head coach for next season. What have been your impressions of him? And now that you've had a few weeks since the announcement, how do you feel about his hiring? I think it's a great hire. Um, I think he's a very, very impressive individual. Um, and I've talked to a few people and read a lot of stories about uh, what they feel about him. Uh, players who have played for Martin and are now in MLS and they're all over the place speak glowingly about him. Um, I love his age, and you look at the uh, winners of MLS Cups over the last few years, uh, Gary Smith, early 40s, uh, same kind of background as uh, as Martin in terms of the, the badges that he's gone through with UEFA. Uh, Jason Christ before that in his 30s, and, and there seems to be a trend towards a younger coach, and, uh, and I don't mind that at all. I think he can relate to the players. He's very, very... Uh, psychology-oriented. He's very uh, um, team and uh, positive environment-oriented. And let's be honest with what he's done in Carolina. It, uh, it's been absolutely unbelievable. That's not an easy uh, league to, to win in, in NASL. And all he's done is run away with it. You know, And, and that's got a league with a team in Montreal that you know, is preparing for Major League Soccer next season and will find themselves finishing behind Edmonton. You know, Montreal's had a terrible season. This is their chance to to run into Major League Soccer and get a good foundation going, and they've they've completely botched it. And at the other end of the table, there's Carolina just simply running away with the league. So he's been extraordinary for that market, and uh, it's been amazing to see, you know, that he still managed to keep the level high despite the fact that everybody now knows that he's leaving. Now, he's got some capable assistants there in Carolina who could easily step in and take over the head coaching job. And one of the questions that uh, a lot of Whitecaps people and fans are wondering is who Martin brings in as part of his backroom staff. And there's a couple of people that are in Carolina now that would certainly be on that list. So I like the hiring an awful lot. The timing was really interesting, but uh, it was one of those ones where if they didn't snap him up then, uh, they might have not snapped him up at all. And I, I like the fact that they made a very, very strong pitch for him and that they said, this is our guy, let's get him in. And the fact that he's uh, been sort of European-raised but North American-schooled uh, in a way in terms of learning the coaching and the system and the culture of the game in North America, it's, it's almost the perfect combination. 
Many observers look at the core of the Whitecaps and believe that the team is ripe for the type of second-year turnaround that the Philadelphia Union have enjoyed this season. Do you think that with the right moves in the offseason, Vancouver could duplicate the season that Philadelphia has enjoyed in their second year in the league? Absolutely, uh, without question. I mean, you look at this year, and I've seen every single game, so you know, I've had a front-row seat uh, to the team and on so many occasions this year. It's been one mistake at the wrong time of the game, uh, it's been a player missing through injury or suspension that has left a bit of a hole. So the one thing I'm sure the Whitecaps will address this year uh, and the offseason is a bit of depth, which they need. But you look at the lineup, and you mentioned that the, the core of the group I think is very, very good. And I think if Martin Rennie can come in and offer that uh, positive environment and give the players that little boost of confidence that each of them wants and needs, um, then I think that there could be a Philadelphia-like turnaround. Of course, the Whitecaps would like to see that turnaround all the way through and not have uh, you know a, a great first half of the season and then bomb out in the second half of the season. They want to make the playoffs next year. But uh, they are absolutely in position to have that kind of a turnaround. I believe that in, in every fiber of my being. And, and the great thing about this club is if there's a player or there's a position that needs addressing, they'll go out and address it. And that's the commitment of ownership. That's the uh, sharpness of the people in the soccer operations. And I know that all sounds very, very biased, but when I hear Paul Barber or Bobby Leonarduzzi speak publicly or privately, I agree with virtually everything they say. They're good soccer people, and uh, and then they have the backing of ownership. So this is going to be a quick turnaround, in my opinion. I think what the Whitecaps have to do next year, though, is not come out and say that it's going to be a turnaround season, that they're just, they have to be a little bit more, I think, uh, not humble about it, but they just need to, I think, lower the expectations a little bit and let the team on the field do the talking. What do you think are the main areas on the team that the Whitecaps need to upgrade themselves at? Great question, and uh, for me it's two things. One is central midfield. Uh, Whether or not Mustafa Jarjou, the second DP, will move into that spot and play alongside Gershon Kofi, who I think is you know, emerging as uh, one of the young stars of Major League Soccer, that's one possibility. Um, If not, then that is an area where I think, you know, I mean, you, you saw how they were public in their attempts to land Owen Hargraves here. And the type of player that Owen Hargraves is is the type that I've said they've needed all season long. Uh, you know, a creative box-to-box midfielder who plays, you know, not, not necessarily a defensive style, but can move the ball around and and, and open the field up. The other uh, areas for me are uh, on the in the fullback positions. Uh, Jonathan Leathers and Jordan Harvey are quality individuals that you need to have on your team. I would like to see them though pushing for uh, first team place rather than being the incumbents in in the first team. Because if that's the case, then they'll be in really good shape. And Alain Rochat, I almost prefer to see him play wide left as a left fullback and uh, create from there and overlap, etc. And then maybe bring in an untr- another central defender because they've had uh, struggles, I think, in the back more than anything. The other thing that's going to be interesting is the goalkeeping situation. Joe Cannon has had games in the last couple of weeks that have been uh, extraordinary, very, very good games. He was instrumental in the win against Houston, and he uh, basically actually saved the Whitecaps a couple times in the 1-1 in New York. But I do wonder if they'll look uh, for a younger goalkeeper and uh, and maybe save some money in the process because Joe's on two hundred grand a year. So um, those are the areas to me. I think uh, going forward, and Martin Rennie said this to me as well, he said uh, the attacking options on the Whitecaps are breathtaking. It's uh, There are options there. There's some very unique types of players that the Whitecaps have, and that's what he's most excited about. What he needs now is to have a healthy, stable back four that's consistent every single game and that understands the system that he wants to play so that uh, they don't leak as many goals.
Mustafa Jarju joined the Whitecaps midseason as the team's second designated player, and he's not set the league on fire in the admittedly few matches in which he's played. What are your thoughts on him as a player? What's his contract status for next season? And do you think it's a slam dunk that he'll be back? Yeah, it is. He's uh, he's on three years, so he'll be here. Um, and unless there's some kind of you know major change, I mean, you know, who knows what Martin Rennie will think, but. You know, one of the things that uh, has happened to Mustafa is nobody's really 100% sure where he best suits the team. And for his country, the Gambia, he plays in central midfield. Um, with the Whitecaps, he's played alongside Eric Hosley. You know, for me, Atiba Harris, when he comes back and is healthy, he and Hosley should play up front together because they were a beastly pairing in the early part of the year. And Atiba works his socks off. It's a nightmare to defend against two big guys like that. Then maybe you have uh, Davide Cumiento playing in behind those two leaving uh, sort of three in midfield where you could have uh, Kofi, uh, Camilo, and either uh, Jarju wide right or, or Salinas. So I see Mustafa Jarju eventually poss- possibly fitting in into the midfield more than as, an, as a striking player. He's played for his country twice in this span. He came to the club uh, having had a long offseason where he wasn't playing at all, so he, he was out of contract and not playing. And so it's been really difficult to properly assess where he is. Have there been some encouraging signs? I think so. I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt because he scores in his sleep, and I also think he's a specimen of an athlete, and he's a wonderful character. I mean, he is not... Uh, internally, he may be affected by you know the lack of contribution, um, but externally, you wouldn't see it. He seems like a guy that's always smiling. He seems very, very confident, and eventually, I think he'll find his place in this team, and once that happens, then he'll be okay. He just needs to settle in. And so far, I don't think he really has. And traveling, traveling to Africa, you know, is, is, that's a long haul. And uh, I don't think that uh, you could ever say that that's an easy thing to then come back and try to integrate into the team. Bringing in new players next season is one of the avenues by which the team could improve next year. Another organic way to get better is through the natural evolution and improvement of the young players on the roster. Omar Salgado, Long Tan, Russell Tebert. Jeb Brofsky and Michael Boxall have all been impressive at times, but none were able to insert themselves as ongoing stars on the team, with Boxall playing the most due to injury issues on the back line. What do you expect from those young players next year and in the future? Yeah, and you, and you left Michael Natchoff off that list as well. You could throw into that uh, group, and, uh, and it's a very good point. I mean, you know, this is a learning year for all those guys. They have not played Major League Soccer before. Um, so this is the year that those players that you outlined there have been planted into the ground. And now it's a matter of seeing where the flowers will grow, and I think they will. Um, you know, all those players you mentioned have tremendous potential. It's about now getting two things, A, experience, and B, confidence. And one of the reasons why Martin Rennie's being brought in is because of his ability to get the most out of a player, to be specific about roles, and to help them flourish. Um, he he did turn around his entire roster when he first came to Carolina. I don't see that happening. I think that he's going to give uh, those young players a chance and offer them roles and positions. I don't see any of those guys being um, starters anytime soon, including Omar Salgado, who's only still just 18 years of age. But the um, start of the season to where Omar Salgado is now is amazing. Long tan from the start of the season to where he is now is amazing. They've filled the back of the goal in the reserve league, the both of them. So to have those players pushing for first team minutes is a, a luxury that the Whitecaps will have, and uh, and I believe that uh, you know Long Tan and Omar Salgado will get increasing minutes as the seasons go on. But they've still got a lot of uh, proving to do, a lot of work to do, 
and uh, and let's hope that they can uh, take another step in 2012. You've already touched on him, but one young player who has cemented a place in the starting 11 and who has gotten progressively better as the season has gone on is midfielder Gershon Kofi. How good do you think he can be? Well, of all the players that you look at and you ask yourself, okay, could this player be sold overseas and have um, a future in in a continental league uh, on a bigger club? You'd have to say it's Gershon Kofi. And uh, we had Pete Vianus in training the other day talking about Gershon and why he believes he's um, going to be so successful. And, and by the way, one of the reasons why Gershon Kofi has emerged and has continued to take steps forwards is because of a veteran Pete Vianus standing next to him and shouting instructions and helping him and guiding him. He's been a tremendous tutor uh, for Gersh. Um, but but Kofi is, you know, he has more talent in his, uh, in his pinky fingernail that uh, most of us have, you know, in our entire bodies. And uh, he's just athletic. He's uh, hungry. Um, and he's got the heart of a lion, which when you put all those things together, then it's just really a matter of teaching the discipline of, of the game to him and, and making sure that his position is absolutely clear, his job is absolutely clear. And, uh, and once he gets that confidence, and he's just a young man too, he hasn't cracked 20 yet, so once he gets all those things together, the sky is absolutely the limit, and I know the organization is very, very high on him, and you know whether he stays here long-term or does seek opportunities overseas will be a, a real fun thing to watch over the next few years. A number of people have expressed some worry about the lack of Canadian players on the Whitecaps. Philippe Davies is a young Canadian talent who I believe has not played for the first team this year. How has he looked in the team's reserve league matches, and do you think we could see him playing for the first team in the final weeks of the season and into next year? To be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of re- reserve league action, but I do talk to people regularly who do. And, uh, and you know, it's funny because Phil last year was uh, an out-and-out right winger, and he looked very comfortable there. And I thought he played very well in uh, USSFD2 for the Whitecaps. And then he's been converted into a central midfielder this year. Um, so it, that's, that's uh, I think, his preferred position, uh, if you were to ask him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get any first-team minutes down the stretch here, uh, because the Whitecaps really want to give their, you know, their 11 top players every opportunity to show what they can do and to make sure that they're competitive down the stretch in uh, what's going to be a really interesting schedule heading into the end of October. So it'll be very interesting to see. And of course, he's uh, one of their their own players, so he won't be lost in an expansion draft, but. Uh, it, it'll be interesting for me to see what happens to Phil Davies. And, and just addressing the question of Canadians, that does come up an awful lot. Um, and, you know, I, I've i never had this conversation with either Paul Barber or Bob Leonarduzzi as to, you know, what the, um, the strategy or the philosophy is about Canadians on the Whitecaps. But you could see beneath the first team and down into the uh, um, residency program and the development pyramid that the Whitecaps have put together that, there's a lot of exciting Canadians coming through, and uh, none more so than U17 international Bryce Alderson, uh, but they have Daniel Stanis in there as well, and they're trying to get Kevin Aleman, I believe, out of Toronto as part of the trade for Terry Dunfield. And if that's the case, then you know it's going to be really exciting to see all these young uh, international Canadian players moving up through the ranks, and I think the Whitecaps would love to get there and have more homegrown players because, after all, you know, if you develop those players, then you don't have to draft them, nor do you have to protect them from somebody else drafting them. And that's why I think uh, in very, very few years, the uh, Whitecaps will be a very difficult team to play against because of the wealth of talent they're going to have from their own development model. And, 
Uh, I think we're going to start seeing that sooner than later. I would say within five years, you're going to start really seeing uh, the fruits of that youth development labor. Or you're going to see maybe one or two players be sold overseas, which will help pay for that uh, unbelievable development model. Jaden Merritt and Alam Rashad recently played their first games together as a central defense duel, and I thought they looked excellent. Do you think the season would have gone differently if the Whitecaps had not lost to Merritt and to a certain extent Rashad for so many games due to injury? No, well, it's a big issue. Uh, you know, not only that, so you take those two, and uh, between the two of them, they've been out periodically through whatever injuries. And, you know, that's why uh, Rick Celebrini has been praised so highly because he's worked very hard with those two guys and John Thorrington to get them fit and to get them, you know, uh, in, a, in a position where they're not getting injured every single game. Um, so I definitely think that if they had had Jay Demerit from the start of the season and all the way through, it would have been a completely different situation. And uh, Lam Rochat is probably one of the unsung heroes of the team. He's a class player. So, yeah, you can't lose those two. And then, you know, you've had Eric Astley through suspension or injury missing a half dozen or more games. And, you know, he's a critical component because he attracts so much, to, uh, you know, uh, attention. Injuries are a fact of life in Major League Soccer. In fact, this is maybe one of the most difficult leagues anywhere because of the the travel and the difference in climate and surface, uh, you know, it's, it's a challenging league and uh, injuries are going to be a part of it. So the Whitecaps, now that they've learned that this year, know that they'll have to have some depth and they know that uh, they'll have to maybe look at their training regimen and see what can they do to keep everybody fully fit. And, and that'll help in the long run next year as well. But there's no question that, you know, Alain Rochat and uh, Jada Merritt missing from the back leaves them dreadfully thin. One final question for you. The Whitecaps will play their first match at BC Place in a couple of weeks. How excited are you about the team finally moving into their new home? And what ramifications do you think it will have in terms of the energy around the team and the Pacific Northwest rivalries with Portland and Seattle? Stevie, I'm telling you right now, people in this town do not know what's going to happen. They're not, they're not aware of what's about to happen to the Whitecaps. Uh, the Bell Pitchett Empire has been a fabulous magnificent uh, soccer-specific, soccer-looking home. When, when they gave the renderings of that temporary stadium and I looked at it, I said, well, that's a soccer stadium, and there'll also be CFL football being played there. It is, in every respect, a soccer stadium. So the environment has just been wonderful to start the year, and it's so neat that they, the karma of going back to the original birthplace of the Whitecaps, um, to me, is very significant. The new BC Place is absolutely nothing like the old BC Place. Everything inside is brand new. The creature comforts for the spectators, which was the first and foremost consideration, um, is 180 degrees, even 360 degrees different than what the old BC Place was. And one of the most um, important issues for, for people that have been to BC Place before was just the dimness of that building, the, the monotonous roof the lighting in there, the sound in there, all those issues made it a very dreary, tired place. But now, with the type of fabric of the roof, the fact that the roof does open in the middle, and the fact that they have a gap between the roof and the concrete structure, the existing bowl structure, brings so much more light into there, even when the roof is closed. So it's not going to have that dim feel that it used to have. And then you add all the other amenities, the giant scoreboard, and, and most significantly for the Whitecaps is the soccer configuration. Instead of uh, seats that stop at the back of the CFL end zone, they now have the retractable seating that goes right down behind the goals on either side. There's loge seating uh, on the sidelines of uh, one half of the field. On the other side, again, the seats come right down to the touchline. 
So it's going to be a configuration that nobody's ever seen before. The sight lines are brilliant. There's no posts in the way. They're going to have the interior roof, the secondary roof, that will shield off the upper tier so it'll feel like uh, a soccer-exclusive stadium. But the, the most important thing, Stephen, about that stadium is you are right on a SkyTrain route and you are within walking distance of the core of the downtown entertainment district. So if you want to have some bevies and go watch some footy, you can do that and walk to the game. If you want to have more bevies after, you can do that. If you want to go home to Surrey without bringing your car after having some bevies, you can do that. And that's the biggest thing because if you look around Major League Soccer, there are very few downtown stadiums that allow you to make it a day of entertainment. Seattle is one. Portland is another. Look how they're doing. You know, and I think that it will absolutely transform the Whitecaps, and I think it won't be too long before you start seeing crowds in the low 30s because it will be the place to be. It'll be downtown, it'll be hip, and it'll be cool. And I can guarantee that, and I know it. I know it's going to happen. For us in the media, the stadium is an absolute dream as well. So we're going to have our own booths. We're not going to have people wandering you know, behind us in what has been a temporary setup, a great temporary setup, but it... It's going to transform the whole darn thing, and uh, I don't think people see it coming.